Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. As per usual, I am super excited for today's episode. Uh, Do you want to know what has been going down over here? It's been crazy in a mostly good way. Actually, hang on. We'll get to that in just a minute. First of all, if you're new here, we have to give you the proper welcome. Uh, You're going to have to close your eyes if you're not driving or operating heavy machinery and imagine me and all the listeners presenting you with confetti and rolling out a red carpet for you because that is what's happening in my imagination for you right now. For those of you who don't know me and you're like, who the heck is this confetti queen? My name is Emily Aborn and I'm the owner and founder of She Built This, a woman's entrepreneurship community that is the place to be if you're looking for an authentic bunch of people that will be by your side every single step of the way as you build your business. And if you want even more confetti fanfare and you're not already part of She Built This, make sure to check it out because we have the best welcoming committee this side of Milwaukee. I don't even know what that means, but It sounded good, kind of like almost rhymed. Um, I'm also a content writer and I love sharing stories. So what you get on this podcast is a mix of inspiring stories from women entrepreneurs and those in their life who support them, marketing and writing tips that you can use and put into action right away, education, inspiration, and then just babble, aka tales and adventures and regaling from me. So if you want to learn more, you can learn more about uh, me and my writing business at emilyaborn.com and you can learn about all things She Built This at shebuiltthis.org. Okay, let's get back to the crazy in a good way month of November. So as many of you know, um, I have been doing what I call November over here. This was inspired actually by Brianna Graves of Saga Healing. Brianna and her husband Ivor just did a fabulous DEI workshop for our VIP members. And she and I were having a conversation between the workshops about giving ourselves a period of true rest before the new year and dubbing it November. Now, for me, it was far too long overdue. Honestly, I can't even tell you like the kind of pace I've been keeping up this year. And then just like, honestly, when I think back on it, it's really since we closed down our mattress store. Uh, Even through COVID, I was just on my toes and busy as could be. So it all sort of started to hit me like a ton of bricks back in September, I think. And, you know, obviously I like take rests on a regular basis. I mean, I sleep every night, I rest on the weekends, but I just needed like a big old mental shift that allowed me a little more time and space to pause because I don't want to burn out or worse. So I decided that I would give myself a light month and this month, November has been in, been it. So in a really practical, tangible way, let me tell you what November has consisted of. And disclaimer, it hasn't been all like perfect roses and starbursts. Uh, In fact, last week, that classic overwhelm feeling came creeping in to haunt me on a Saturday morning, nonetheless. And I've also kind of had my ass handed to me physically lately, but don't worry, I'm okay. It's just been uh, a little bit distracting. So first of all, in my personal world, I cleaned up a bunch of crap that I was eating. Like we eat really healthy 90% of the time, but I felt like we were definitely getting a little bit loose and going off the rails and it was affecting my energy levels and the way I felt in my body for sure. Um, I knew I wanted to give dairy a break and then there were just some other foods that were causing me issues. For me, that means like not having as many nuts in my diet and no dairy, like I said, and focusing on more whole foods, warm veggies, cooked soup, nourishing meals, stuff like that especially with the change of seasons, that's really like important for someone like me. Um, And of course, you know, some fun stuff has to stay like chocolate, for example, being one of them. I was also kind of slacking off with giving my dog his usual 
long walks, nor was I being good about taking them myself. And I just kind of like fell off the wagon and I just laid there crying until finally I realized that I could just get back on the wagon because it was sitting right there waiting for me to do so. So I did. Uh, I started increasing my walks and my steps per day and slowly but surely Clyde and I have been taking like lots of rambling hikes and walks, exploring new places, visiting old trails from my youth. It's been so much fun. Um, I also started making friends with my rowing machine again. I'm starting super small with that beast, but I've gotten far more regular with it. And I'm making it my mission to use our TRX bands every single time I go to the basement, which obviously now I just try to avoid going in the basement. But on laundry days, I do tend to go down there uh, quite a bit. I also booked myself like some self-carry things like a massage and a haircut and I took some long hot baths and foot soaks as cliche as those things are they make me feel really uh, pampered and really great and I also increased my water intake got back into like real journaling and writing rather than just aggro journaling that's what I would call it what I was doing before which was just you know not really uh, getting me anywhere so None of these changes were overnight. I mean, it's all been like slowly implemented and I'm also not pressuring myself. It's just kind of like things that feel good. Um, And it's taken me a a solid three weeks to make sure that, you know, I'm doing what feels good and I'm, I'm adding these things in slowly and I'm just kind of telling, doing what my body tells me it wants to do. And I feel like a lot better than when I went into this month. Perhaps more interestingly to you, um, professionally, my November has consisted of cutting back on my yeses. I said no to lots of stuff. I booked only two days a week for calls um, and podcast recordings, only one day a week, and I stayed focused on the tasks at hand and tried not to get distracted. Um, I've also gotten a chance to sit down and really start putting in some planning for the coming year. In fact, this podcast is actually booked with guests and content out through the end of March 2022, which for me is like nirvana. I haven't had an operating plan or like a long distance plan for God knows how long. So this is feeling really, really good. And I also... Uh, you know, I shared on here before that I've recently made a really big shift in my business. I switched from retainer to entire project based, which it worked out really well, actually, because my my largest retainer client changed her business model as well. And she kind of started making that shift for me. Uh, but as a result, in between, I didn't really have much to do. And it's kind of brilliant. It's something I need to like actually plan strategically and make that happen intentionally going forward. But in the in the um, interim, it was a little bit scary. But I think it's really wise to give yourself a little bit of a break between heavy lifting sessions. And I know a lot of people that do like the VIP day model where they just do day long intensives, they kind of have that naturally built in. So it's something to think about and, and work on. Um, but plan it in a way so, you know, I'm not sitting there with really long lapses in generating income because I think that was a big, big challenge this month. So all that to say, November is going well. It's been a really big month to reorganize and regroup and just get really clear on the path, uh, forward. And it's, it's much better than my usual MO, which is just like barrel forward and figure it out on the way up or down, (laughs) depending on the day. All right, so I stand here on day 17 of my November, and I can honestly say that I am starting to feel a little bit recharged. I think this is the first time in a really long time I've given myself this kind of time to process everything, make intentional shifts, and it just feels really good to have recharged my batteries, especially as we get ready to head into a new year and the holidays. So as you know, if you've been listening this month, we've been focusing on the podcast about productivity, streamlining, simplifying, using filters to decide what to say yes and no to based on what works for us and being okay with letting go of the rest and doing all of this through like small incremental changes that feel manageable and reasonable to you so you're not overwhelming yourself. Which brings me to today's guest and the topic of today's podcast. And just a little backstory on on me. Um, If you're not aware, if I've never told you the story before, my degree is actually in community health education and nutrition. 
and the degree and college choice, we can totally get into that story another day. Trust me, I definitely have a lot of fun stories from my college days. Um, it's a good one at that. But needless to say, apart from like just staying healthy myself, this degree has pretty much not been used at all. Um, that said, health is still a huge value of mine and it always has been. This doesn't mean that I've always lived that out and made perfectly healthy choices. In fact, you know, another podcast for another day. I know we have a lot of ground to cover, but um, I made some pretty bad health choices, especially in my early 20s. But now that I've come to my senses, I most definitely am doing my best every day to be healthier than I was the day before and really take time and listen to my body because that's the thing when it comes to health. It's not one size fits all. And I do recognize something today that I didn't, I don't think I was aware of when I was studying it in school. Health is not just about, you know, preserving yourself for a better future, right? It's not just about setting yourself up for success down the road. Like I used to say, oh, I don't want to end up like so-and-so when I'm old, and so I'll take care of myself. That's what I kind of always thought, and that is definitely a big part of it for sure. We want, we want to live healthy in the future, but it's also about our quality of life and living to our fullest potential now. Over this past weekend, um, I had the opportunity to listen to a podcast with Sam Harris interviewing Matthew Walker on the kingdom of sleep, as he calls it. It's a three-hour podcast, so I'm like not going to recommend that you listen to it, and I, I also think it's um, subscriber-only content. But if you haven't read Matthew Walker's book, and today's conversation kind of piques your interest on on getting better about your sleep, I highly re recommend you check out Matthew Walker's book. It's called Why We Sleep. I devoured it when we owned our mattress store, along with like any other sleep book I could get my hands on. But this one I really especially loved and, and it helped me to understand a lot of things when it came to getting a better night's sleep. In fact, like a big struggle in my own health journey was, you know, even though I could teach every sleep workshop in the book and I sold mattresses and bedding, I really did not sleep well. I had bouts of insomnia and lots of nights lying awake on the couch in the living room, probably from about age 21 until honestly, 20, like the year 2020. Um, and that would have made me 34, I think maybe 33. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, I want to say thank you to 2020 because that has really honestly helped me with my sleep and, and I'm getting there. I'm becoming the pro sleeper that I always knew I had in me to be, which Tanessa and I do get into in this episode and I think you're going to like it. We talk about how to optimize your sleep. We talk about how to optimize your nutrition, your movement, and really become friends and and honor that supercomputer of a brain that you and I both have. You know, just really making sure to give your body and your brain some TLC as an entrepreneur. And I love her analogy at the end that does like in our brains to supercomputers, make sure you hang on until the end of the interview to catch it as a takeaway. It's really good. So like I said, um, I've always thought of health as a way to prevent disease, prevent things happening when we get old. But you know, I've really learned that in fact, health, being healthy is actually a way to thrive in our bodies now. And I love the way that my guest, Tanessa, describes it for us all and breaks it down into really easy, actionable steps. I met Tanessa by hearing her on Jodi Gallant's podcast, actually. And then, of course, I like binge listened to quite a few of her episodes on her Become it, Becoming Limitless podcast, reached out to her, and she said, of course. So without further ado, that's how she got here. And let me tell you about Tanessa Shears, who is here to share way more sciencey and in-depth about many things that I've shared so far and how just taking small incremental steps can lead to massive shifts in how you feel and show up in your business and your life. Tanessa Shears is a health consultant and host of the Becoming Limitless podcast. She helps entrepreneurs scale their business by optimizing their health, focus, and productivity with science and biohacking. Her passion is working closely with business on owners to implement effective sleep, nutrition, movement, and out-of-the-box stress management strategies to eliminate brain fog and wake up feeling well-rested, energized, and focused. She does this by optimizing the performance capacity of your body and brain so you can produce more meaningful, impactful work output and scale your business faster.
Hi, Tanessa, and welcome to the She Built This podcast. Hi, thank you for having me on. I'm excited to talk about this stuff today. Me too. Yes, let's talk about the story of how you got to where you are now. Like what what was the story behind building your bio, I guess, so to speak? And and feel free, we like messy middles, failures, pivots, all of that stuff, if it's in there. Oh, absolutely. Well, it all started because I hate being cold. That's how literally my entire career started. So I used to teach swimming lessons back probably, oh, let's say 2007 or 2008. And I used to teach like three or four hours on end at a time. And I used to just freeze in the pool, just like shaking, huddled over in the wetsuit. It was terrible. And the supervisors came up to me one day and they're like, Tanessa, if you want to teach the seniors aqua fitness classes, you don't have to teach so many swimming classes. And I was like, I was the girl that skipped PE and ate Honey Nut Cheerios for three meals a day. And I was like, yes, get me out of the water. Let's sign me up for AquaFit. And so I ended up taking the course to become an AquaFit instructor. And I was so fascinated with this whole concept of fitness that I was like, oh, I love this. So I walked into the registrar's office at my university and swapped over to a degree in biomedical physiology literally that same semester. And I was like, this is fascinating. So with that education, I went into personal training and eventually opened my own company and started entirely in fitness. But as I, you know, went on with my business and I was learning, you know, how to do things better and run the business smoother and work on, you know, creating trees of referrals and things like that. I was like, wait a second, all of my clients are entrepreneurs. This is interesting. And I said to them, I was like, tell me why, what is it about my business that is drawing all these entrepreneurs to me? I asked my clients and they said to me, they're like, well, I keep noticing that I come to you for the fitness and I noticed how much more energy I have with my business and I, you know, I'm much less stressed out and I'm making decisions easier. And I was like, this is fantastic. And me being the education junkie that I am, I was like, I, I need to learn more. And that's when the whole door opened to nutrition. And I started getting certifications and education in like holistic sports nutrition and then sleep wound in. And then I walked into biohacking by accident and I was like, this is fantastic. I then from from that point on, I opened my business in 2014 as a personal trainer, and now I work full-time online with entrepreneurs specifically, and I use something really fun called biohacking to help them really optimize their brain and their body so they don't wake up feeling so tired all the time, crashing midday, and feel like all they're doing is just a bunch of busy work without getting to enjoy their life. So I kind of bring the being back into human being and let entrepreneurs you know, recognize that there is more to life than just their business, and that comes down to just taking care of their health and feeling really good. Okay, so let's get into that uh, unique approach, biohacking. I know a little bit about it because I've listened to like, you know, Joe Rogan, <laughs> but, but I don't I don't know very much. So why don't you tell us what biohacking means and like what that breaks out to? Yeah. Isn't it an intimidating sounding word though? Like when I first heard it, I was like, um, no. Yeah, that just well, sounds illegal. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. It sounds illegal. Um, and the fact that you and Chris Kresser are doing it makes me scared and probably means that I won't be able to do it. So goodbye. <laughs> yeah. No. So I was like, okay, what actually is going on when we look at this? And so when you actually break biohacking down, if you want a synonym for it, that is like an easy word swap, think health optimization. But the way I like to do biohacking specifically is I am implementing health habits that, you know, they affect my internal environment. So the, my brain, how my lungs feel, my digestion and all of that, and also my external environment. So I'm looking at how can I optimize my office and my bedroom all for more longevity, more energy, well-being. I want to feel refreshed and rested. So biohacking is essentially applying health habits with a strategy. I am always evaluating what is working and what is not. And sometimes I do that using wearable trackers and tech and stuff like that. But a lot of the time I'm like, okay, am I getting more energy out of something than I am putting into it? And that is the key criteria for biohacking for me is I am doing things with the intention of deciding if this is making my life more energized and well-rested or if it's not. Oh my gosh, I love this. Okay, so uh, all right, so I want to get into like misconceptions around it or whatever, what, what, 
what drives you bonkers. But first, I want to know whether or not like like what this actually applies to in addition to just nutrition. Yeah. So my my obsession and bread and butter of what I love to talk about specifically is stress-related and sleep-related brain fog. So we know brain fog. We're we're intimately acquainted to this. We know what it feels like to have that like, oh, our, our memory is not functioning the way we want it to. We're forgetting little things. We, we have an energy crash midday. We're, we have a hard time focusing when we're working and we're distracted and we're really cycling between like Facebook and Instagram and email and WhatsApp. And our thinking just feels really clunky and cloudy and we're seeing so much brain fog. And when we look at like, what the heck is causing all this brain fog? It comes from inflammation that is going unchecked. And we all know, we've heard of inflammation if you talk about like a sprained ankle, right? Like it gets red, it gets swollen. Well, that happens in our digestive tract. It happens all over our body. So you said, what is it beyond nutrition? Mm -hmm. Well, poor nutrition or nutrition that doesn't work with our unique bodies can cause inflammation. Not getting enough or high quality sleep can cause inflammation or perpetuate inflammation. Being under chronic stress and not managing that, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional stress, and also being sedentary. I work with so many entrepreneurs who clock less than 2,000 steps per day. So this is you, this is not abnormal, but this is one of those wonderful places you could start putting little things into place that just look at overall well-being. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I think it's so amazing that you kind of come in and help people with their entire environment. You know what I mean? Because we don't, I don't think people even think of my office could be making me tired or (laughs) uh, the other aspects of their life that could be contributing to this. So that's awesome. All right. So I want to know, like, if you had like a soapbox, which currently at this moment you kind of do, um, what do you see other people doing in the world of biohacking, nutrition, and education around health and self-care that kind of drives you nuts? Yeah. So I think the biggest one is when you get into the field of biohacking, first of all, there are a ton of people talking about biohacking, even though you might have never heard of it before today. It's actually a big field. You know how kind of when you dive into something and you're like, oh my gosh, there's an entire world to explore here. It's actually a pretty big community. And when you actually start looking at some of the big biohackers, what you'll notice is they're doing things like um, re-injecting uh, pl- uh, spun down red blood cells. And they are doing all kinds of like um, specific experiments with, you know, where they will stand on mats that change the electrical charge of your body. And oh my gosh, the amount of things in biohacking that are super like cutting edge and techie are so cool but not where we need to start. And the majority of us that like get turned on to the idea of like, I want to start taking better care of myself. When we go and look at these things in biohacking, this seems like way far out there and intimidating. And we often like to jump to the crazy supplements and all of this kind of stuff to help us start feeling better now, because that's what these people are doing. But we forget that we need to remember to meet ourselves where we are at. So like I said earlier, If you're getting less than 2,000 steps per day, your next objective needs to be 3,000 steps per day. We start introducing things like that. Like if you're currently eating takeout for morning, lunch, and dinner, what if you just started preparing just a whole foods lunch? And I mean like came from the ground or had a mother kind of whole foods. And I find that like we like to jump to the end goal of what we would be doing at the end, meaning we... Uh, we go to the five-day workout plan and we cut all carbs out and no junk food. And, you know, we all of a sudden are like super rigid with our schedules where none of like the biggest problem I see with people is they struggle with consistency. They're like, I don't, I, I love the idea, but I can't stick with it. Yeah. And so when you look out at the landscape of health, there are so many things you could be doing, but what we need to be doing is zooming in and asking what is the next thing that'll make me just a little bit better? And instead of getting caught up in all the noise. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. Just like one small step that you can take, not starting with injecting bovine juice into your blood or something. <laughs> Which I don't, I don't even know if that would work, but it sounds like it would. <laughs> um, okay. So let's start breaking it down then. Let's begin with sleep. Like, first of all, why is sleep so important to our efficiency and productivity? Why do you think people like, that's like the first thing they let go. Um, and, and just how can that help us throughout our workday when we get a good night's sleep? 
Yeah, I, sleep is usually the first thing that'll go for people because we just believe that if we could work an hour more, isn't that going to move our life forward an hour more? And we always have this equation in our head of like, if I lose time here, I'll gain time here, right? Like if I, if I lose an hour of sleep, I'll gain an hour in productivity. But what we're not taking into account here is how much sleep actually creates the brain that we need to be showing up with to be productive. So during sleep, there are so many things that happen to our brain. Like when I first started learning this, I was shocked that people don't know more about this considering this is something we all do. Sleep isn't a niche. It is literally fundamental to how we function as humans. And so like without getting too detailed on it, like our brains go through a couple different types of sleep while we rest. Deep sleep is happens usually earlier in the night. And when our brain enters deep sleep, we consolidate all our memories from the day and we go through kind of like what I call like a brain clean or brain shower. So our brain actually gets cleansed with spinal fluid to, you know, clean up some of the metabolites of the day. And this is where you restore your restfulness, your energy, your muscles from your workout. It is the most pure restorative part of your sleep. So it is essential that we spend a certain portion of our night in deep sleep. And on the other end of our night, so primarily in the early morning hours, we spend a lot of time dreaming. Now, this is what I call entrepreneurial gold. We <laughs> must know oh, it's so good. We must not take dream sleep for granted because study after study has shown that there are so many benefits to us as entrepreneurs that happen while we dream. So for example, we are able to be more creative and solve problems in a more out-of-the-box way. Now, this is super important because as entrepreneurs, our businesses are related to the type of problem we solve and how big of a problem we can solve. So we need to be able to think beyond the scope of what's in front of us and having adequate dream sleep every night does that. And on top of that, if you're any any type of client-facing um, type of business like coaching, for example... Having adequate dream sleep lets you read facial expressions and body gestures so much better. And if you are working with a client, you need to be able to sense the subtle shifts in energy and facial expressions because that is what's going to have you in tune as a coach or a contractor or whatever you're doing and making sure you have good relationships with your clients. And then the last thing that dream sleep does that I absolutely love is it helps us keep our cool. We get trolls on Instagram. We get negative feedback in our inboxes sometimes. Well, if you have enough dream sleep, you're much more likely to respond in a way that has, you know, the integrity of your business at the forefront of our mind. Like, I mean, think about the last time you didn't get enough sleep. We're a little more spicy and maybe a little bit more testy than usual. And that's just not how I want to show up in my business. So with all of those benefits in mind and knowing that, the time I spend in sleep makes my brain more focused, more productive, more creative, more energized, and solves bigger problems. It is just not something I am ever willing to sacrifice on at the expense of getting a couple more things done. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You said that so well. Um, I used to own a mattress company and I would be like preaching about the benefits of sleep up and down, but I didn't know this about like dream sleep helping you. I mean, I, of course I knew that getting enough sleep makes us less like cranky, <laughs> but I didn't know that dream sleep can actually improve the way that we are able to, uh, basically I would say empathize and experience other people. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so how much sleep do you need to get a night? Yeah. So that'll depend on two things. Number one, there is the standard advice that, you know, adults need seven to nine hours of sleep per night. But the more you dive into like the field of sleep research, you'll start coming up on something called chronobiology, which basically means how our brains and our bodies function relative to like a 24-hour time period or a clock, right? So there are certain portions of the population that are naturally early birds, certain portions of the populations that love to sleep in and stay up late, and they're genetically designed for that. But the majority of the population has kind of like a, a mid-range cycle. Like they'll go to sleep at 11 and wake up at 7, and that is how they thrive. So the amount of sleep that your body needs your sleep drive, so to say, is a lot determined by what's called your chronotype, which means whether your brain and you're genetically geared towards waking up earlier, later, or middle of the road. So if you're a part of the, you know, 50 to 60% of the population that has a normal sleep schedule, like you go to bed at 11, wake up seven, and that is when you feel your best, you actually tend to need more sleep than if you are an early bird 
or a late night owl. And that can vary by as much as, you know, half an hour to an hour. But for me personally, like I'm genetically geared to be an early morning riser. And I find that seven hours and 40 minutes of sleep for me is the sweet spot in which I don't feel groggy. I feel well rested and I feel focused. Um, what does it mean when you go to bed at nine and you don't want to wake up until seven? Cause that's me. <laughs> you know what? That could mean a couple of things. It could just mean that you are either not getting enough sleep during other parts of the week. So pretend potentially maybe you're carrying what's called a sleep debt from earlier in the week. So maybe, you know, there was a night where you stayed up late or you woke up too early and your brain didn't get enough sleep and now it's piling up on these days. So that could be one thing that if you're just not getting enough sleep, the other thing could be that maybe your brain is not experiencing the quality of sleep that it needs in the given amount of time, maybe due to either some of your habits or routines before you go to sleep, or just whether you're you know, tossing and turning and feeling well-rested when you actually wake up. Hmm, interesting. All right. I'll have to pay attention. Um, I, I could literally probably do that every night. So I imagine it has to do with the latter, not, not the former. <laughs> it also just might be you have a higher sleep drive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you we, know, we I don't. Spent, I spent so much of my life like running on such low sleep that I feel like now my body's like, thank you. Right. <laughs> so, and sleep yeah. is one of those things too that like it does change over our life and our preference for morning and earliness, like and or lateness at night. That all changes as we age as well. And I think to that, like, it, I think it's finding that sweet spot and not to say that everyone has the same amount of sleep they should get. But like I said, I discovered it was seven hours, 40 minutes. That's what feels best for me. But everyone's brains require different things depending on what they're going on during their day. So maybe you just have a higher sleep drive. Yeah. All right. Let's start talking about food because first of all, like what on earth are we supposed to eat these days? It feels like everywhere you turn, something you are eating is deemed unhealthy and then there's some like superfood around the corner from that. So first of all, how can how can food be a part of the productivity and efficiency strategy? And secondly, how can we choose what is best for us? Yeah. So when we come down to looking at how our brain functions in relation to food, there is actually a nerve called the vagus nerve that connects your brain and your gut. So when your gut is inflamed and on fire, so is your brain. So we need to recognize that so much of the food that we take in has a direct effect on our mental clarity and focus. So we're saying, okay, well, what the heck do we eat? There's so many rules and guidelines. Do we do keto, intermittent fasting, paleo? Like, paleo? like there are so many things out there and it can be very overwhelming. So I always come back to these basic fundamentals and this is always going to be a step forward for most people. Look at your plate and ask yourself this. Did the food on my plate come from the ground or have a mother at some point. So what this is identifying is, are these foods on our plates whole foods, or are they cooked and packaged and processed and, you know, like created into these foods that didn't exist hundreds of years ago, right? Because as soon as we start processing things and adding, you know, inflammatory oils and sugars and stuff like that, it really affects the integrity of, you know, not only our gut lining, but our brain health. So if we're looking at foods that affect our gut lining, like there are obviously foods that are going to be most likely to affect our gut lining. So if you think about our gut lining, you want to have nice, cozy, tight together cells that line our gut, right? That's nice. But when we start eating foods that our bodies don't love, that nice, tight gut lining actually starts looking like fishnets. And what happens is undigested food and bacteria gets into our blood, causes inflammation, and leads to brain fog. Now, there are definitely certain foods that are like prime candidates, top of the list, most likely to cause this. And those are your usual ones. Obviously, processed foods, um, flour, sugar, dairy, all of these type of things are like your usual go-tos. However, just because one person has problems uh, or digesting a certain type of food doesn't mean you do. So this is kind of where biohacking comes in and really paying attention to what you're eating. And the way I like to do that is I have clients just keep track of what they're eating and then specifically note down any unwanted symptoms that pop up for them within three hours of eating. We're looking for things that are unusual, like 
joint pain, headaches, thirst, feeling hungry right away, um, di- uh, digestion changes like constipation or diarrhea, stomach aches, unusual things that you wouldn't always associate with food. And when we start seeing patterns, it's like, oh, every time I had a client that ate ramen, she got wicked headaches. And because we were actually paying attention to it, we could see that pattern. We just pulled that out and her headaches went away, right? And so then we start to find alternatives to fill the spot of ramen that are more whole food based in general. But it's about paying attention to your individual body and what the signs you are seeing are. Yeah. So you don't like recommend people get on board with any particular diets really focused on what is best for each and every individual. Yeah, well, there's there's two approaches I take, and it really depends on the client's personality type. Um, type number one is what I recommend to do is we just start doing a gradual whole food cleanup. So we will say, okay, from now on, let's just make our lunches whole foods, meaning we will keep out anything, pasta, bread, sugar, anything like that, and just keep it whole foods. And we will start with one meal at a time and do that sort of gradual approach. But on the other hand, I also have clients who are just like, yeah, I'm ready to go in now and I want to get the fastest results. And for those type of clients, I'll actually, you know, challenge them to do 30 days with no sugar, no flour, because there's been research that has shown that it takes the gut lining up to two weeks to fully heal after we remove something that has been damaging. So let's just say that it's gluten. And I'm not saying gluten's a problem. Not everyone is gluten sensitive, but let's say it was the gluten in bread or pasta that was upsetting your stomach. By removing it, we allow the digestive system to heal and you start noticing, oh, I I noticed the eczema on my skin healed. And I noticed that, you know, I'm not getting that two o'clock crash anymore, or I don't have a headache. And I find it's just a beautifully concentrated way of determining what works and what isn't. But that's not everyone's personality type. You know, some people don't really do, they don't love the idea of saying no to certain things. And then you take a more gradual approach and that works too. It's about what you're going to be consistent with. I also really like that you ask them to give it two weeks because, um, I mean, I, I like that your gut takes two weeks because I think so often we expect like instant results from whatever the change that we're making is. And it's important to realize in this case, it's two weeks, but there are other systems in our bodies where it's a lot longer. Sometimes it's 30 days. Sometimes for like, I think in the case of your lungs, it's seven years for like a full rebirth of the cell. So it's just important to realize that like, these things take time and the changes and the progress take time. And you're going to see some great results right away. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, for for you to feel fully like 100%, it's going to take time. Yeah. And I always tell clients, I'm like the clients that do choose to go the no sugar, no flour route because they just want to find the answers quicker. I often say to them, I'm like, okay, get ready. So you're going to start and it's going to be great and you're going to feel on top of the world. And then day four to six happens. And that's when your cravings start kicking in. That's when you start, you know, you stop finding this as exciting and as new anymore. And that's when your body just really starts to start to put on the gas in terms of creating what I call urges to eat certain things because that's what we've always done. And this, our bodies are processing out. And because when you cut out, if you've eaten a lot of processed foods and you cut that out with that, will un- probably unintentionally go some carbohydrates necessarily. So not that you're going low carbohydrate, but it, our diets usually shift in the percentage of carbohydrates we're eating. So you might, you know, develop a little bit of thirst. You might develop a little bit of lightheadedness. Um, There's all kinds of things like that that can be mitigated by just staying hydrated, but knowing that that is coming. And I always tell them the first two weeks are the hardest because your body is still learning how not to rely on quick sugar for fuel all the time and how to tune into your body's fat that is a wonderful store of energy. So once you get past that two-week mark and you have, you're in the flow of learning what else there is to eat, how to manage your urges, like there are so many skills that come with this. Once you reach the other side, you get to the end of four weeks, I always say, feel what your brain feels like, feel what your clarity and your focus feels like, and then you get to decide if you want to add that stuff back in. Because a lot of the time my clients get there and they're like, you mean I don't have to have headaches for the rest of my life? I don't want to put that stuff back in. And it becomes a choice you make because of how good you feel and not because you're saying no to things anymore. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, Who wouldn't want to feel better? (laughs) But I would say that people don't know how good they're supposed to feel, whether that comes to sleep or food or movement. Because when we get stuck in our chairs as entrepreneurs, just you know, 
working at our businesses and going from task to task, we often forget how good we're designed to feel. And we think that that's not possible for us. So I always like to challenge that, you know, once you really feel how you are designed to feel, there's just no way you can go back. Yeah. Um, All right. So let's talk about some of the stuff that comes along with sitting in that chair and working in general, which can be stress. Um, Let's really like dive into what some of your strategies are for helping to manage stress. And I don't know, you know, manage stress might not even be the term that you use, but I just like, how do we create more of flow and less Mm -hmm. of these blocks that cause us to feel so I don't, I, I don't know. I can feel it in my shoulders when I'm describing it to you, but I can't articulate it as well. Yeah. I think what happens as entrepreneurs is we lose that ability to connect with being a human being, present, feeling your body, actually feeling your emotions. We spend all day being human doings. We, you know, answer client emails. We're on calls. We're writing copy, responding to emails, booking appointments. Like I could go on. Like this is what we spend all our day in. And as soon as we shut down the computer, then we have to maybe pick up the kids. We have to make dinner. We have to clean the house. We have to walk the dog. And then we're so exhausted at the end of the day from just doing, 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 doing that we crash onto the couch watching Netflix, but we're so overwhelmed with how much doing that we're not even really being anymore because we're also still on our phone scrolling Instagram, not really paying attention. I feel personally attacked right now. We all do this though, right? And I always say, and here's the fascinating thing. We get stuck in that spot where we're like scrolling on Instagram. We're half missing the show. And then all of a sudden, let's say kids go to bed or you get your quiet time and it's me time, right? We love me time. It's just that time where you don't have to do anything anymore and you're sitting on the couch and oh, there goes bedtime. But I'm in my me time right now and I just don't want to give this up because I don't get enough of it. And when I see clients constantly pushing their bedtime later because they just need that me time, that tells me they are spending way too much time doing and not enough time being. We are stuck in fight or flight. We have lost that ability to disconnect. And the way I like to teach about it is actually kind of a, it's definitely more of a biohacky way. I want you to think of your brain waves, right? So your brain waves oscillate at different frequencies depending on what kind of vibe you're in. So when you are at your desk or you're listening to this podcast maybe or you know you're writing an email your brain waves are in a state called beta so they are alert we're focused this is good we want to be in beta while we are working however We can't spend all of our time in beta, and this is where we're going wrong. We need to have contrast with a brainwave frequency called alpha. Alpha is all about relaxing, feeling that sense of loose focus, kind of like that idea of when you're, for me, if I was thinking of watching like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, I know the movie, I don't have to pay a lot of attention, but I love it, I know what's going on in it, or maybe I'm just out on a walk, but I'm not plugged into a podcast or talking to I'm just kind of being in that moment. You can call it mindfulness, that's another good way to think of it, but we need to have contrast. And a lot of the time that means we need to unplug from our business and from checking in. We need to unplug from all of the thinking about what we need to do and productivity and being more focused because that alone is keeping our brain from really detoxing from all the load we put on it all day. So you're showing up day after day on a brain that is full. So when we're talking about like, okay, what the heck do I do with that? There are activities we can do. And most of the time you're like, okay, so you want me to go take a bubble bath? Well, I know I'm a mom of a toddler. I don't have time. Bubble baths, bubble baths aren't on my plate at the current moment. But what it what we need to know is that it's not so much about the activity you do, but the feeling you feel while you're doing it. Now, here's a good example. You can be reading a book. Like I'm reading a book on like circadian rhythms and sleep right now. And in while I'm reading that book, I've got my highlighter out. I've got my sticky notes. I'm writing notes. I'm like, this would be a good post. This is going to be so good. I love this. And my brain is in beta. So reading yeah, doesn't... Gonna say. That sounds yeah, like re- beta. <laughs> it sure does. But a lot of the time we associate reading with relaxing. Yeah, But this is to show you that it's not the activity, it's the feeling. So I'm going to contrast that with what I do before bed, which is I pick up a fluffy romance book. And it doesn't need to be a romance book, but 
ah, I tune out. I'm envisioning somebody else's world. It's dreamlike. I fall asleep. It allows my brain to disengage. So we need to spend time doing that. And I know with a lot of entrepreneurs, they're like, uh, yeah, I get the concept, but I don't know what that feels like. So I have actually was introduced um, through a book I was reading to an app called Brain FM. Think of it like having a remote control for your brain states, meaning there is literally a channel you can turn into to be focused and a channel you can turn into if you want those alpha brain waves. And a lot of the times the clients of mine that have spent so much time in doing that they forget how to be, I will have them spend 10 minutes with their headphones plugged in, listening to this music that has an alpha brainwave frequency in it. And our brains love to sync with it. So they're like, oh, that feeling. It's been so long since I have felt that. And it gives them a target to work towards when they're choosing their activities. Wow. I need to check that out. That sounds awesome. <laughs> oh, and on top of that, like the relaxing one is great. But the focus one, oh, if you have to write like some email copy or, you know, some really, you have to get a whole bunch of that like really back-end business stuff done, the best thing is putting on the focus tracks. Like I can bang out like six email newsletters in like 90 minutes. Like it is, it is incredible. And all, anybody who I've ever recommended this app to will attest to the amount of productivity that comes from using that app. It's phenomenal. So I use um, binaural beats or something I just find on YouTube, but this sounds even better. Like, you know, I found those to be really successful, like as opposed, I can't listen to music with lyrics when I'm working. That's just a recipe for disaster or getting aggravated or I don't know. <laughs> but th yeah, I really, really want to check this out because it just sounds like it takes those binaural beats and goes to the next level. So, well, yeah, the interesting thing is binaural beats are, are for those of your listeners that don't know what binaural beats are, the whole concept is it's either a tone or a music that you're listening to. It plays one frequency in one ear and the other frequency in the other ear. And because, you know, the frequencies cancel each other out, and the remaining frequency, say, uh, is the same frequency as beta or alpha. And that's how that works, right? But right. I think the difference with the Brain FM app is, is it's actually that frequency is built into the music. So it's the same tone in each ear. And I think they use like note bots or something like that. Um, it, it's, it's a different type of technology. And having used both, for me personally, I find um, when it's built into the music to have a faster neural effect. Yeah. I mean, when you were describing it, it's clear that you're getting a better result than <laughs> I do love it. <laughs> Mine's yeah. like, okay, how can I force myself to yeah. do this thing that I really don't want to do? So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. So I'm going to check that out. Um, what do you do when, cause I imagine you get this a lot when like you just gave a lot of information and I, I imagine that when you work with your clients, you have even more and they have even bigger goals and bigger things that they need to work on. So how do you help people to not feel so overwhelmed when they, when they find out everything that they need to change and shift and like where they want to be compared to where they are? Yeah. Well, I think one of the secrets too is not really like, it's almost like an unwrapping of all the stuff there is to know. Because I agree, if you hear it all up front, you're just like, holy heck, there's so much to change here. But I like to think of it as a layered unwrapping. So the way I work specifically with, with a client is I will do it almost, like, let's call it like modules, where we will spend a whole month doing the most intense dive on sleep. Like everything from like, I go through how to read the data from your trackers to tell if what you're implementing is working or not. And I teach them how to understand things like, well, if you're not getting enough dream sleep, here's what you do. Here's how to set up a night routine. And every week it is one small change, whether it is a shift in bedtime, a shift in wake up time, a new routine you're doing before bed. And we spend a whole month getting super, um, super micro on one topic. And when we feel consistent and when we feel we have mastered that, then you introduce the next layer, which might be a month or six weeks in nutrition and then stress. And that order that we go through, it really depends on what we need the most work first. And usually I can tell like if it's a client that's like, oh, you definitely need sleep. We'll help you the most. We'll start there. If it's food, we start there. But I like to think of it like we do one thing at a time. We get really good on it and we unwrap it one week at a time so that it fits with our busy schedules. We're entrepreneurs. We don't have time for a ton of health habits that don't work. It's about showing up each week, 
what worked from last week, what didn't, what are we doing differently? Excellent. Here's the next layer. I love that. And taking it step by step. That That is my motto too, because when you, that's how you hike a mountain. It's how you go on the longest walk of your life. It starts with every single step that you take. Absolutely. Um, all right. I always like, well, I don't always, uh, but in this case, I want to ask you if there is a question that I didn't ask or include that you wish I had. I don't know if it's a question, but it's a concept that I would love your listeners to consider. So let's pretend we are at the mall and we walked into, let's just say a computer store, let's say Apple, because that's what I'm familiar with. And you put in an order for the most high-tech computer. You wanted the fastest graphics cards, the highest resolution screen, the biggest memory, everything that makes a supercomputer a supercomputer. And you took this computer home, you sat it on your desk, and you used it to browse the internet. Like you got all of that potential and we just are like surfing Facebook. Mm, This is what I see entrepreneurs doing with their brains when they compromise their sleep because they think it'll get them to their goal faster or they skip meals or just eat jello and ramen because it's convenient and they will get more done in their business if they don't spend time prepping. So essentially we have these supercomputers in our head, the most insane technology on the planet and the way we use it as if we're just browsing the internet. So I love for you guys to consider the idea that if you have this supercomputer in your head and if you decided to use it for what it was actually intended for, the way it was intended to be taken care of and used, how different would your life and your business look? How much faster could you grow and scale? How much more present in your life would you be? How much more refreshed would you feel if you weren't operating on a brain that wasn't at full capacity? I just love thinking about that, about the possibility of what is available when we start taking care of the greatest gift we have, which is our brain. What a powerful way to end. And now (laughs) you have to tell us because people are going to be like, sign me up. How do we, how can people work with you and how can they find you online in order to do so? Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, just getting a hold of me through my website or Instagram, if you're interested in working with me one-on-one directly. Um, But beyond that, like say this biohacking thing, you're like, I like it. I'm interested. I want to try it out on my own to start. I have what I call my entrepreneur's playbook. It is called 12 ways to biohack your energy. So I have the top 12 biohacks that I use with my clients across the board that seem to get them the most bang for their buck. So there's things like that app for Brain FM, things like that that in there. And it is the best of the best stuff. If you're wanting to just experiment with this, dig your dig your hands and dig your feet into this. So that is at tenessashears.com forward slash energy. But otherwise, I'm on Instagram, stories and posts all day, every day at Tenessa Shears. <laughs> yeah. And you're always offering really great tips on, on there as well when it comes to sleep and nutrition. And I, I follow it. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, All right. Thank you so much for this. And um, we will have all those links in the show notes so that people can connect with you that way. And I just really appreciate you taking time and being so generous with all of this information and helping to change the lives of the people listening. Oh, thank you for having me on. That was an awesome conversation. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.